Good evening, welcome to another episode of View from the Gallagher. I'm Ian Smith, a Newcastle United season ticket holder in the Gallagher end, and today on the show we'll be recapping two fantastic performances and results for Newcastle over the past few days. The 1-0 victory over Man City in the Carabao Cup, and of course the mind-blowing 8-0 demolition of Sheffield United on Sunday afternoon. And later in the show we'll also be looking at our nice and nasty surprises we've seen so far for Newcastle this season. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and share it to other Newcastle fans so we can grow the show. Thank you. Um, as ever, I'm with other people. <laughs> I'm joined by my dad, Gordon. Evening, Gordon. Good evening. Evening, Dad. How was your holiday? It was fantastic. It was really good. Really good. And I'm also joined all the way from Australia by Dexter. Evening, Dexter. Good to, or, or good morning, should I say to you, as it is over there right now. G'day, lads. How are you doing? All right. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, yeah I've been a little bit worried about you, Dexter, because a, a lot of our kickoff times have uh, been pretty unsociable for you. Yeah. <laughs> had a bit I've, of a raw deal gotta, in Australia. I've got to be honest, I haven't I haven't been getting up for all of them. So um, no. watch, the, watch the AC Milan game. But um, the, yeah, the Sheffield United game, I, I kind of decided to... Uh, just watch it, not watch it live, and uh, kind of get up at what six a.m. and uh, watch it without knowing what the result was. So it was still a nice surprise. Fair enough. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> I've got massive respect for getting up in the middle of the night to watch matches. It's just I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, did, I did them all last season, but I've got to be honest. Like the lack of sleep was just—it was killing me. Yourself, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's uh, it's been a fantastic week for Newcastle, obviously. Um, I mean, starting way back, uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, really. The, the 0-0 draw in the San Siro just over a week ago, followed by um, the 8-0 thrashing of Sheffield United, and then wrapped up with the League Cup third-round victory over Manchester City, which was a game I guess we all hoped we might win, and we felt we had a chance of winning, and then we did actually do the business. So a terrific result, and, and in particular... A really good second half performance, Dad. Yeah, it was uh, very, very good. And the, the um, I mean, the first half was very pretty from Man City. They had a lot of possession, and you realise how good a side they are. I mean, their, their second string players can pass and move um, equally as well as a lot of their, you know, their first team. What do you would call them? Their, their first eleven, but they'd still like to cut an edge without Haaland. I mean, they were just, they didn't really create a lot of chances at all for all the possession they had. In fact, we actually had the best chance of the half when Jacob Murphy was played through by, by Isaac. Yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> I was laughing when we were through on goal because I was like, he's going to score. He's gonna... Obviously, he didn't score. Um, but I was like, it would have just, it would have been a, at that point of the game, it would have been a, a bit of a robbery uh, yeah, to have been one nil up, wouldn't it? That's right, and, and I think you know, I mean, the the side that uh, Eddie Howe put out was a bit of a surprise because I mean, I, I I thought he would play the two young lad, the you know, the two young fullbacks, Livermendo and Hall, as fullbacks, yeah. um, but of course he didn't do that with Hall. He played them sort of wide left, um, and then he he brought in Lewis Smiley, which I, I I didn't think he would do that even against you know Man City. And yeah. to be fair, I mean, Miley's obviously got ability. Um, but ultimately, he's still a 17-year-old, and at times he was gasping for air. I mean, he, he found his, the pace of the game. Yeah. But I think it'll do him a world of good. Better to play 
a Man City team like that than being thrown in against, you know, a, a, a second or third division team where it, yeah. you might have around thinking. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like we say, Man City had their second string out, as as did we. But I mean, Man City's second string still had, um, they still played Grealish. Uh, they still had Alvarez playing up front. You know, it wasn't a bad team. Um, no, and, and that's right. And you know, I I think at half time they they thought they had all the possession, and you know they they probably were disappointed they weren't ahead. But then Eddie Howe changed it at half time, as we know. Um, bringing on Bruno and uh, Anthony Gordon, and then immediately from the beginning of the second half, the atmosphere ratcheted up, and and the whole thing was just Anthony Gordon and Bruno inspired, and we just became the Newcastle that we know we can be, and that intensity and that pressing and that work rate. And honestly, for twenty minutes, Man City didn't know what had hit them. They couldn't mm. they couldn't cope with that intensity around them, and we scored what goal in that period, yeah. um, and then after that. We, we, it would be fair to say we were hanging on, but I don't think we were actually. I thought we were. I thought we were comfortable. I never felt. I never felt like we were hanging on. I felt. I didn't feel particularly worried once we went one nil up. There was. I think they had that one. They had one shot very late on, which went just yeah, very very close. close. From the Gallagher end, it looked as though you know it could have been going in, but it, obviously it didn't. Um, yeah. But no, to be honest. I, I mean, the performances of uh, Dummett and um, the cells at centre half. I mean, they were both excellent. Um, I thought, uh, you know, overall the back four played really well, and of course the man, the match, and the and and the outstanding was Tino Livramento. He was he, yeah, was, he was brilliant. Excellent. Dexter, I don't know how much you managed to see of the game, and I, I think the League Cup games are maybe a little bit trickier to to catch over there, but. Have you have you managed to catch up on any of the yeah, highlights just the, just the highlights, lads? The ten minutes highlights on the mm-hmm. um, NUFC TV channel. But yeah. I've got to, yeah. got to say, I was like, um, you know, watched the the kind of feed, good old days, uh, the feed updating. Um, yeah, and was on the edge of my seat because <laughs> you know you you're just not expecting a one nil win against Man City, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, the kind of the the Newcastle of all is still there. Can't can't help yeah. but, but think the worst when you're uh, yeah you sit you're just uh, re- reading the feed and seeing the yeah you know, the the kind of possession and uh, yeah the kind of the the key moments of the match on the Sky Sports ticker feed. I think it shows um, just how far we have come so far because although like I mean we obviously played the cells and dumb it which is mad really when you when you consider we, we won a game with those two against Man City but like in all seriousness they did both play well but the team we put out despite clearly being a lot of changes I mean 10 changes from the Sheffield game was still decent it was still a decent yeah. team you know yeah. some and and that is that just shows the journey we're on as a football yeah. club is yeah. completely heading in the right direction and I think one of the big factors of, of that last night was Joe Linton being back. I mean, his presence in that midfield was was huge. If we didn't hadn't had him, I wonder what he would have done. But he his physical presence and he's he had a really good game, um, both first and second half. And I think that that helped uh, the younger lads around him uh, in midfield. And really, that that was a big plus for us last night. Um, yeah, yeah. Him being back. It was a real surprise as well, I think. Like it I was, was not expecting to see Joe Linton start in a match and then 
obviously having a really good game as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a real pleasant, really pleasant surprise to to see that. Um, but loads of standout performances, like you say, Livramento, man of the match. He was absolutely brilliant. I mean, you talk about Kieran Trippier being however old he is now. Is he 33, 32? 33, 33, yeah. Yeah, like he's not got long left really at the elite level, has he, Trippier, despite the fact we all want him to. Mm -hmm. He might have two, possibly three years max. That kid is going to be, I mean, the replacement's there, ready and waiting, which is amazing to see. So it'd be really interesting to see how much game time he gets between, you know, this the rest of the season, basically. Yeah, I mean, there was a little clip actually somebody put up and I, I send it to you, Ian, but I don't know if you've seen it, Dexter, but it's a little compilation of uh, Livermendo's performance last night, um, which is quite worth worth seeing. And it did sum him up. I mean, he, he, he had Grealish up against him in the, in that first half and really he, he handled them really, really well. And Very some of his well. but also his forward play as well. I mean, he, he's, he's definitely going to be a player. I mean, how old is he? Is he 19 or 20? Uh, 21, I think. He's 21. Yeah. He's still a young lad, isn't he? And, you know, um, yeah, it was it was a special night for him. I thought he was he was outstanding. And it'll be interesting to see how the rotation thing goes over the next few months, won't it? Because, like you say, I don't think Trippier will play every single game. Um, but, you know, having that fallback is going to be um, something that we'll, we'll enjoy, I think. Yeah, well, it'll be very interesting to see if Libramento starts in the next round. I mean, obviously, the the cup draw was almost immediately after full time. Manchester United away, Dexter. How how are you feeling about that one? Bring it on, I say. It's uh, I think yeah, I think they're there for the taking. Yeah. Do, do you know what I said? I, I mean, I, I heard it in the cars. I was driving back from the game, and I couldn't. I, I thought you're yeah, joking, aren't you? But I think. I would rather we're playing the top teams because I think on our learning curve of experience and, you know, um, sort of development, I think actually playing the better side is better for our younger players that he brings in and rotates. And that was the, like last night. I think they'll have learned from playing that team last night. Totally. And going to Old Trafford will hold no fears because they're not as good as Man, Man City. Um and I think the learning curve is good. And I'd rather we were doing that than playing um, second or third division teams where you're on a hiding to nothing and you get very physical teams playing down there. And look what happened last year with Tranmere. I mean, they kicked us and we, we suffered a few couple of injuries from that game. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm like, with you, bring it on. Um, let, yeah. let's, let's I definitely feel like that. I think, you know, we always, we always seem to go to Old Trafford at the wrong time or quite often we go to Old Trafford at the wrong time the this time but as long as long as Ten Hag doesn't get sacked before the end of October <laughs> it feels like they're a club who who are just not quite at the races at the moment for various reasons and I do think I, I think there's nothing to fear there's nothing to fear going there it won't be an easy game because they're still, despite everything, they are still a decent team. But obviously, it will a lot will come down to team selection, what type of team Man United put out, what type of team we're able to put out. Because again, this is going to come in the middle of Champions League fixtures and Premier League fixtures and all that yeah. sort of thing. So there'll be a bit of a balancing act. But again, we've seen last night, we have, as long as we play the right amount of kind of starters, if you like, 
I mean, there was a big difference when Gordon and Bruno came on. There's no doubt about that. If we play the right balance of team of youngsters and and first teamers, there's no reason we can't go there and win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I, I I agree with Gordon. I think I said on the you know last time I was on. For me, this season is not a write-off, but I think it's exactly what Gordon said, right? It's a steep learning curve. We've been on this you know, kind of upward trajectory. We'll have to expect some kind of bumps that we've already had uh, along the way. Um, but I think the, the biggest, you know, I think this Man City result is the biggest result of our season so far. And why I say that is, I think psychologically, you know, the kind of talk, with, from, even from fans, was, you know, um, well, we we kept a clean sheet because Longstaff's in the side, and we've started winning because Longstaff's in the side, and man, like I was concerned, right? Because if we're relying on Longstaff for us to be able to compete, what does that say about us as a squad and a team, right? And I think what this result's shown us is that actually, you know, you've got players like Lascelles and Dummett who would probably written off, who can come in and do a job and. You know, what we've not seen with the cells, we've not seen with Dummett, is how they've responded to how's coaching because, you know, there's been such a solid back line. And I think, yeah. you know, you can see with Dan Byrne as well, right? Like, he's he, he is droppable, right? Like, Botman is droppable. Cher is droppable, right? We've got players that now are pushing and saying, hey, your place isn't guaranteed in the side yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you yeah. did did anyone see Dummett's interview after the game? Yeah, it was really emotional. Wasn't it? it was very I'm emotional. Like, so I haven't seen yeah, it. It's that... well worth well worth looking out for. Yeah. Um, it, 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 you could. It, I felt like he was almost holding back the tears just talking mm-hmm. about the fact that it's been really hard for him since um, the takeover. Essentially, he didn't say that, but that's what he was alluding to. You know, very few opportunities. He basically hasn't played since the Tramia game last season. Uh, hasn't had a start since mm. then. Um, so I think just having the ability, the, the the opportunity, sorry, to to go out and play in front of a full St James's Park, beat Manchester City. I think it just meant yeah so much to him. Yeah, um, that, that Sorry, I was just going to say that could have backfired as well, right? When you've got players who haven't played for twelve months. And you throw them into the, the the fire like that, you know. You could get you, against Man City. We could have got been, you know, got home five mm. 0 right? And then yeah. you, you know, everybody's like, oh well, you can't. You just can't rely on those players. So I think it's a, it's one that Eddie Howe has got to get that balance right. And I think that's for me, that's his learning curve this season is how do I win games without relying on you know kind of players that have have been my kind of stalwarts like Dan Byrne and. Longstaff and you know the, those types of players, um, yeah. and how do I kind of rotate? You know, because as you said, Gordon, there there are players that are essential, like Joe Linton, like Bruno, like Gordon. That it's really hard. You know, they're they're kind of you know potential to be world class players. Yeah, yeah. I think well, what, uh, oh, sorry. any time when you when you see a team with ten changes, you you fear for them really because yeah. I always think. A lot of players get thrown into it, and then the, then the the argument comes they get beat, and this is true of all clubs. I'm not just talking about Newcastle. Yeah. That oh well, they never did themselves justice. They never did this, but it's very difficult for ten players to come together and suddenly become a, a, a team in the in the, well, sense, in the true sense of the word. Um, so I, I feel I do feel sorry for a lot of 
players around the country when they're thrown into these Carabao Cup games and then the pundits sit on the sidelines saying, well, he didn't do very well there, did he? Mm. Well, you know, quite often they don't because mm. they haven't played together. How, how can you expect them to have the understanding and everything else? So I was pleased last night that not only did we play <laughs> our starting lineup the way we did, um, and I was surprised that it was as many changes, but the fact that we actually looked still like a, a team I, I think that's yeah, just... well, I was gonna. I was about to say that actually. Like, I think it points to the fact that with it, like, and you mentioned the training there with Eddie Howe's methods and stuff. Like, it clearly shows that the whole squad, even the ones we're not seeing regularly, are, are trained to within an inch of their life with this style of play, and they they're all on the same page with it. They're all trained, whether they're in the first team or not in the first team. They're all trained. Mm-hmm to understand this system and formations and all these other stuff that they have to be on top of. Clearly, like you said, the fact that the cells done it, even, you know, target could come in and all place a really solid game, better than solid game, to be fair to them. Is, is... Yeah, I apologise to Target because I didn't mention him there, but he was he was he was excellent as well. I mean, the whole back to back four. Very very pleasing. I don't know if you heard. I know you did, Ian, because you you mentioned it in your newsletter um, about Dan Burns' interview on um, the Monday Night Club on Five Live, and he was talking about you know when players come, they find it hard to just fit in straight away because they, they've got to get used to the the methods and the the patterns and the way that Eddie Howe wants them to play. And we've seen it, haven't we, when players come to the club? But Eddie Howe doesn't normally throw them in straight away. He, and all this noise around Tonali. Um... Yeah, well, I was, I'm glad you mentioned that because actually it's a, it's a really good point and, and actually it's something that I kind of wanted to say is exactly what you're getting at there, Dad. Like, it, it, the point that I made in my newsletter about Gordon was the fact that it took six months for him he he knew and he that he wasn't where he wanted to be, but he went and worked very very hard, and now he's looking like an absolutely amazing player. We've got to give Tenali like I know there's plenty of Newcastle supporters who are giving him aren't on his back, but there's definitely an element of our fan base who are absolutely wanting seemingly wanting to write him off already. It's like yeah. you've got to give him time to, yeah. to adjust and he's got the language barrier in the new country and the new league as well to deal with. There's, there's loads of elements. And the, and the thing is, our fixture list, we've had eight game, competitive games this season and of those eight games, you can honestly, you think of the weaker games, Sheffield United clearly has won, but Brentford maybe but the rest have been like really? Villa are destined to be up there, Man City, Liverpool, Milan, you know, and it's it just gone on and on. And so we've played yeah. our eight games have been more competitive against top teams than any other side in our league. Um, without 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 a doubt. Yeah, without. Um, and for Tonali, as you're saying, he's come from Italy as a, a foreign land. He's come to this country. He's got to learn the language. He's got to learn the system. He's got to just get used to the Premier League because it is different to playing in you know the Italian leagues. So. It's a huge learning curve, and he's eight games in, and yet people are saying, "No, he's not good enough." And not, it's mm. nonsense. The lad is, is a talented footballer, and he looks class. He is a he, he will his time will come, and he will evolve into the player we want him to be at our club. I've no doubt about that. Yeah, it's, it, you said um, earlier on the, the show, Gordon, that you know, the second half of the Man City game was the Newcastle of old. 
Mm-hmm. I think what's been really clear this season from what I've been seeing is that Eddie Howe's trying to change the way that we play. We're not as intense. And I can understand why, because I just don't think you can go through a season playing that level of intensity that you had in the second half at Man City. And I think you've kind of seen other players, not just Tonali, but other players in the team kind of struggle to get mm-hmm. around that system as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, I, I just... You, you know, you, you see him with Tonali in the first five minutes of his debut, right? He's just, he's going to be a world-class player. He's just got yeah. you know, everything, his touch, his vision, everything. I think I one of the things I've seen with Tonali, and, and I think the, the players around him got to see this, he's, he's won for the first-time pass. You know, he, when he gets the ball, he's moving it before the, the defenders have realised. Mm-hmm. But the trouble is, some of our the players he's passing to haven't quite realised he's going to, Pass it first time, so yeah. that, will uh, with, that will come with time. Yeah. The understanding, won't it? Uh, it let's quickly chat about the Sheffield United game as well. I know lots have been said about it and talked mm-hmm. about, but it's obviously worth mentioning. Uh, an 8 0, you know, a record equal in Premier League score for Newcastle United, our biggest away win in the Premier League. Obviously, other records exist before the Premier League, but you know, it's very, very significant. It was very pleasing to watch. And it really did feel like a big, it felt like a massive statement to me because, you know, our result against Milan, whilst Newcastle and its supporters were very happy with the result, there's there has been a trend to kind of try and belittle that result a bit, I think, um, from other fans, some elements of the media as well. And I just think we went out there and said, yeah, it's all right, we can travel to Milan midweek and we can come and absolutely paced the team like obviously Sheffield were not good but you don't win 8-0 by luck you know there's there's a lot more to it than that and and yeah just to have eight different scorers and kind of, it was just a it was crazy really uh, but again we talked about Gordon coming off the bench last night against Man City the game changed when Harvey Barnes got injured and Gordon came on he he was just sensational from there So did you, you you watched it in uh, Dexter in full? Did you, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, so I've I'd kind of predicted a one-one draw. I was pretty dubious going into it. Thought Champions League hangover. Sheffield United had actually, you know, up to that point had been pretty tight, right? Like they held Spurs and and City and almost got got results in both and just yeah. conceded late goals. Then I'd seen the Brent Brentford getting humped three-one by Everton. And I was, yeah, and then the AC Milan game where <laughs> we're really fortunate to get a nil-nil draw. It was it was it was quite scary to watch. So um, yeah, then the first twenty minutes, I was like, yep, yeah, this is yeah, we're going to be lucky to get a one-one draw here. Mm-hmm. And then, as you say, Gordon came on. I got to be honest, it was just it was just a bizarre game to watch from that point it was like it was just like there was it was like playing you know <laughs> sensible soccer or fifa or something on you know kind of you know um the the the, the lowest level it was just like strolling <laughs> straight through them. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I mean it was a joke at times wasn't it some, <laughs> honestly some of their defense well, was you know was the first 10 minutes I was watching it the first 10 minutes and I'm thinking, we well, look a bit late in this, but we could have done with Joe Linton in there. And I'm thinking, you know, it would have been good had he been there because that physical side, you know, and we need, 
And then they had the, the, those couple of errors. Now, they keep saying they're really good chances, but actually the one that the lad sliced at the far post, yeah. uh, he, I don't think he would have scored. I agree, Dad. I think they were half chances. Yeah. It was worrying because they they did manage to get the ball across our our right-hand side twice in the first 10 minutes. But That's right. chances were half chances, in my opinion. Yeah. And like you, just, I mean, I looked at the results that Sheffield United had and I thought it would be a tight game. I, I predicted us we would win 2-1 and I thought it would be a tight game, hard game, and we would come out victors. And then, you know, when Gordon came on, I mean, he just, he did change the game. It, it, it was it was really amazing. And what was great was, of course, Trippier's deliveries on, mm. on, on the goals. I mean, it Finally, was just Finally, scoring some set pieces. Some pieces, yeah. talking about that for... Two years. Yeah. I mean, I was so delighted for Dan Byrne that one he scored um, and one he he managed to keep his shirt because the defender sort of had it off his back (laughs) as he was being pulled. But the amount of nonsense I was reading on Saturday about, oh, I wouldn't play Dan Byrne. We we should have Livermento in. We should have Hall in. What's the point in buying these defenders in the summer if we're not going to play them? There was no way he wasn't going to play the same defence. We've had two clean sheets, one in Milan and one against Brentford. Danny Howe was always going to have that league game as a more important game than the Carabao Cup. You know, whatever happened last night. So the defence was there, and Dan Byrne really shut a lot of people up. One, because he, he played, he played, he didn't have to play that well defensively, and, but he still won a lot of headers, which is what I said he would be in for because they would be physical, they would put the ball high. But secondly, he scored a really good, well-worked um free kick um, yeah. and it was it was just great to see and then Botman's goal that was a really clever header um, and it was a it was a lovely goal and it was just mm. then after that we could just relax couldn't we <laughs> so, yeah. oh well you know um, it was it was a mad afternoon and then the second half was just I mean there was so many gaps in the middle of their in that middle of their defence it was untrue I've never never quite seen I mean Miggy's goal that was embarrassing <laughs> when he gets, Bruno I mean, gets the ball and then he runs around Bruno <laughs> I'm sorry, but no Premier League defence should ever, ever be getting conceding a goal like that to Almiron or any player. Like the the pass through was ridiculous. There was two defenders who could have just easily shut it off. Yeah. And neither of them did. And he just waltzed through and I mean it's a good finish by Miggy, but like it was just it was far too easy. I mean and then it was quite funny listening to Callum Wilson after the game because he was he was really not that he didn't score a hat trick because yeah. he, and, he, 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 and then he had had three goals and he, he was desperate to get that goal and then did I don't know if you heard the on any FC um, coverage but John uh, Anderson when Shaw got the ball was shouting hit it hit it <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he, he absolutely <laughs> lovely pass out to Trippier wasn't it really? yeah Oh yeah, man, it was, it was just yeah. a superb cross and a lovely. I mean, you know, he, he just had to get it on target, didn't he? Callum Wilson, yeah, he wasn't going to miss it. But it was John John Anderson's hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in stitches. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. I was I was going to say on your point, Ian, as well about the the set pieces. Like, you know, you asked me what I thought of the game. I actually think that last season we played a hell of a lot better and drew games nil nil. And I think the difference with this result was getting those set-piece goals, right? We've talked a lot about how we get this low block and we just can't break teams down. And all yeah. the talk's been we should have signed Madison 
but I, I don't know what Madison's going to do when you've got like 20 players in an 18 yard box, right? Exactly. <laughs> you can't, you can't slot passes through or play anything <laughs> through there. And you have to make, you know, your set piece chances result in goals. Mm-hmm. So that for me was the, the biggest positive out of the, the Sheffield game. And it kind of showed, Hey, look, you know, if we start to utilize Byrne and Botman properly, yeah, that's the best weapon that we've well, got. For I always think down. it is, and I think it's always interesting that the top teams have always had this in their locker, haven't they? That yeah. Don't play well, but they'll get a set piece where they'll, they'll get one of those defenders on it on the end of a, a corner or a free kick. And yeah. you know, I mean, you look at the Liverpool team a few years ago, and Virgil Van Dyke was scoring loads of goals, wasn't he? And that was yeah. from you know centre half, and that's what we were lacking last season. They didn't our Central defenders or defenders didn't get enough goals, um, which seems mad to say, doesn't it? But it's true. We need to, they need to weigh in with a, yeah. with a, with a proportion of them uh, in tight matches, and mm. you know, it, 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 it's a it's a good point, really. That and again, the, the work they've done on it was sure that on Sunday now they've got to keep that consistency going forward against teams yeah. who will defend against us. That's it. We need to make we need to make it a regular thing. I, I yeah. seem to remember looking at the end of last season. I can't remember exactly what I looked at, but I remember looking at some stats and and working out that we should have like I think based on average percentages in the league or something. We should if we'd have hit average, we would have scored like eight eight more goals from set pieces yeah. than we actually did last season. Imagine what that would have done last season. You know, like eight more goals if we'd done it in the games against like Leeds that we drew at home and mm. things like that. Would have yeah. been comfortably in third place. So, yeah. and that's that's the kind of moments that we need to be happening regularly this season, especially in tough games. You know, we're going to come against, we're going to come up against lots of teams at home this season who are just going to have backs to the wall. They're not going to yeah. want to get out of yeah. their own half. They're just going to want to defend and hit us on the break. And we've got to find a way, like you say, Dexter. To break them down, and, and an easy way to do that is take the lead by scoring a, a set piece goal, yeah. and then the game opens up. Yeah, and what, and what we've got, you know, you've got two a winger there in Gordon who takes people on on the outside, and that will leads to more corners and and will lead to figures. It's funny, I was talking to um, Andrew the day we son, and we were um, talking about the fact that we we haven't really had a free kick on the edge of the box worthy of the name, have we? We haven't we haven't scored direct from a free kick, um, like you know the the, the Trippier or whatever. Um, for quite a while, so that's another area I think we need to, um, you know, weigh in with. It was funny because last night, because all Man City's players, they never actually got a free kick anywhere near the edge of our box. Because you might have imagined that they would have had potential to, you know, curl one into to mm. the top corner. But um, yeah, it was we'll the Sheffield United game was just a lovely afternoon at the end, wasn't it? I mean, the winning nil is is it, it's 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 a it's a a freak of results, and it? it doesn't happen yeah, very often. But what um, it did do was it it gave us uh, one eight goals on one goal difference, which is fantastic. It, we had eight different scorers, which gives them all the the thought. Well, I can score a goal in the Premier League, um, and our finishing was 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 good, wasn't it? And it just the the, the morale and the thing. That, I mean, from the Brentford game through the Milan game through that game took us into last night. And that, as you said earlier, Dex, about the, the psychological effect of beating Man City, Eddie Howe's done it for the first time. He never beat yeah. him before. So that, that is a massive boost 
Um, and we've got Burnley on Saturday. That's going to be interesting because they're, they're a, a lower, lower play side, but they don't play um, the, the, the sort of defensive type game that you would no, expect. They're not... They're not- they're not Sean Dyche Burnley anymore, are they? Yeah, uh, yeah so they're, they're very, they... very distant prospect. Well, um, we'll come on to the Burnley game just at the end, uh, just before we wrap yeah. up the show. But we're going to just move on to our our main segment for today, uh, and we thought thought we'd take a look because this season has been a bit of a season of two halves, really. I think um, overall, we've had three successive defeats before the international break. We've now followed that up after the international break with two Premier League wins, the League Cup win, and that hard fought maybe slightly fortuitous draw in the champions league in the san Siro, but we'll absolutely take it so it's it's turning into you know an interesting season there's been some good stuff there's been some bad stuff so what we're going to look at is that some nice and nasty surprises so far so we're going to take it in turns and just see where yes yeah, things that we've been happy to see and things that we've maybe not been so happy to see so uh dexter do you want to start us off yeah, something nicest surprise for me has just been seeing the youngsters um, coming through and, and getting opportunities like Miley, um, as well as the, the youngsters that were bought as well. I think it's, uh, you know, if you look back 12 months ago, we had probably one the oldest squad in the Premier League or one of the oldest. Um, and now we're starting to see that you know, next generation of talent and, you know, not just people, players through the academy, but we've bought really well in Gordon and Livermento and, you know, that's a Liverum, seeing Livermento the other night was, uh, you know, just added to that really. Yeah. That's a really good shout. I think it, it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Cause you sort of, things happen quite quickly in a sense, but you don't feel like they're always happening quite quickly, but we're only two years out from the takeover and like, yeah, all these, players that we're now seeing and, and and really a lot of them in the last 12 months really aren't they it's it's fantastic and you know the it is exciting the fact we've got a whole livermento in that squad but yeah you're right to highlight the fact that gordon feels like an established premier league pro but actually i think this is only his second this will only be his second full premier league season or maybe his third full premier league season i think so it's mad really like that he's still so young and he's looking so good yeah, and I, I think my my first one on the list was, was Anthony Gordon. Um, it, it's not a surprise in a way, but it is a, a delight really to see him the way he's played. And he, he started it off when he went to play for the England under-21s in the summer, and he was outstanding in that tournament. And I thought, that's pretty good that he got the player of the tournament. And, you know, you don't yeah. get that without being decent. And he, he, he looked the part. He's obviously, you know, done a lot of training, and he's got. And he, I remember his interview at the end of last season when he said, "I'm not. I wasn't good enough for this team. I couldn't. I couldn't keep up with them, and I've got a lot of work to do." And I thought that was so refreshing to hear, wasn't it? It wasn't. And the way he's come back and the, his performances over the first part of this season have been absolutely brilliant. I mean, all the home games I've attended, he's been. You know, I mean, against Liverpool, he was he was he was brilliant in that first half. Particularly, he scored the goal and he was running uh, the the um, Arnold absolutely ragged. And I yeah, think it was. it was it was a bit of a shame he how took him off. And I think Eddie Howe probably maybe on in retrospect might have regretted that. But nonetheless, he, and he, the way he came on on Saturday 
Alan Sunder, sorry. And then last night he came off the bench and immediately he was he was at it. And it was such a and do you know what exactly. I really like man of the match he's basically having man of the match performances game after game. Amazing. And do you know what I like about him now that I hated about him at Everton was he's not getting involved in stupid stuff. He's not yeah, he's not Mr. Angry storming about the place. He's actually this season, he's actually being a, a nuisance to the defenders and his pace going outside. It's fantastic to see yeah. a winger he loves to, he loves, he, outside. He relishes that, doesn't he? You can see yeah. that he he relishes taking people on in a foot race. Like he he wants to say, right, can you beat me? Because he knows mm. how fast he is. Um, there's not many there's not many who can keep up with him. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. and that goal, he, you know, the first goal on Sunday, it was his ten- tenacity to keep the ball in. Which led to 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 Sean Longstaff and the way he played the ball back perfectly for Longstaff just to sweep it into the net. That was that was really really good. So Anthony Gordon is 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 as I say, it's not necessarily a big surprise, but it's just a real nice thing at the moment that we've got a player who's on top of his form and will and and will still get better. Yeah, it's I a bit. It's I a big it surprise for me, Gordon. My, my wife thought he was an absolute toe rag when we signed him, and now he's <laughs> he's our favourite player. So, <laughs> so I've not seen her change her mind that quickly about anyone. <laughs> I think there's a few people like that, though, isn't there? There's quite a few people who've changed the tune over yeah. over him, which is fair enough. Um, I'll I'll go with a, a nice one as well before we maybe do a, a round of uh, nasty surprises. So, um, for me, I think. Oh, which one should I go for? Let's go. Let's stick with the playing squad. So I think for me, Trippier as well, being back at peak form has been, again, just a really great thing <laughs> to see because not that he was bad last season. Really, he was, a, he was a, one of our best players last season, but it did feel like he, he maybe wasn't quite at the high, high level towards the end of the season that, he, that we'd come to expect from him. But this season, I mean, we talk about Gordon, but for me... Him and Gordon are up there as our two player of the year candidates so far, player of the season candidates so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be fair, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, but someone said Botman you could throw in there as well. And I, I do agree those three players have just been sensational. But for me, Trippier, it's what he brings as a captain. Like it's not just his footballing ability, it's 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 even little things like against Sheffield United when Botman scored. Have you seen the clip of the 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 kind of the bottle being thrown at Anderson yeah. and then Trippier's that they're celebrating. What's Trippier doing? He's 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 pushing the players away, getting them back up out yeah. of the way of the corner with the Sheffield United yeah. fans. He's just he's been a leader all mm-hmm. the time, and it's just that kind of it's that sort of thing you can't buy. Like you you either have that or you don't have that. And Trippier's mm-hmm. just got that sort of stuff in abundance, and I just love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Look, on on Trippier, we talked earlier about him being older and. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just wondering whether he does a Barry Venison and he could potentially move into that defensive midfield role that we keep talking about. Um, you know, us us needing. He's intelligent enough, isn't he? His incredible, right? Like it's yeah. Well, I think with his level of fitness and things, so I think you know he could do. He's got another two or three years yeah. yet. Um, and yeah. I think you know. I think it's like what we're seeing with 
Lascelles about the club. I mean, people wrote Lascelles on where he's going to go and he's going to go and he's not. But actually, I think it's his influence off the pitch as well, and it's quite clear. And when you when you saw the the players, the new players coming into the club, and um, Kieran Trippier was meeting them and t- and sort of saying, "This is you know," when when he met Tenali particularly because he, he he was sort of similar. So there was that sort of leadership as well, wasn't it, off the pitch? Um, I, and I just think we're just a united team. Lit, lit, mm. yeah, it, it comes across. You can just feel it and see it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a chance of that, that midfield thing. I don't think it'll be a, he would do it all the time, but yeah, you, you never know. I mean, as you say, he's capable and sort of sensible enough to do it. So, be interested to see how, we, how that goes. Future manager, yeah. do you think? I soon you would like to think he might be around the club for a canny time, wouldn't he? I, mean, I was just about to say, actually, I was I wasn't thinking manager, but I was just going to ask you both. I was thinking, you know, do you think he will stay on as a coach when 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 his playing days are done? Because I it wouldn't see that. It. Thing. Mm. it wouldn't it's surprise his influence around the club. You know, he's just yeah. he's a lot. He's got a lot to bring. I think. Yeah. Let's let's do a round of um nasty surprises then. Let's uh let's do a quick round of that and then maybe finish with some nice ones as well. Uh so we'll do a round of nasty one. Dexter. Um my nasty s- surprises this year. Yeah, season? it's it's actually a, it's actually the fan base. Um, <laughs> like I just like, you can't you can't go on Twitter without either, you know, like people trying to do Jedi mind tricks on you that you know, Sean Longstaff's the greatest player ever to play for Newcastle. And if you mention anything about, oh, well, he, you know, I don't think he's that great. You kind of, yeah, you're a Judas to the club. Um, and then the flip side is, you know, Sean Longstaff makes a mistake and say, he's terrible, get him out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's not like the Newcastle fan base to be bipolar, is it? Oh, <laughs> but it, it's kind of that, you know, we've had two years of, um, you know, Pretty yeah, like great times, and now it's almost like we're bored with that. Yeah. How do we create you know crisis when there isn't one? I, I I've written that down as one of my things that, that before the um, Brentford game, um, the 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 I take I don't know the schizophrenic nature of our fans. <laughs> but like honestly, it's just they're just ridiculous. I had a conversation with another lad on Twitter, Lee Johnson. I don't know if you've follow him yeah. at all um Dexter yeah. but he, he's in the Gallagher corner he's in the stand the stand a bit now but um he I was chatting to him at half time last night and uh, we were we were talking about this and he says some of these n- n- idiots who you know and it's what you said it's like the, the one it that was suddenly now going to win every game and if we don't win every game there's a huge yeah. interest in every yeah. game that we don't that, win that to me, that is the trend that has just absolutely does my head in. It's like this expectation that we're going to win every single match. I mean, no one wins every single match. Yeah. Like, it's just no sporting team ever wins every single match. It just doesn't happen. So this meltdown that a section of our fans have every single time a game doesn't yeah. go to plan, mm-hmm. we need to rip it all up. Like, yeah. after the Brighton game, there was, you know, there was calls for how's head and there was all... It's like... Okay, like yeah. we've had a bad run and Howe's made some mistakes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, but let's not overreact. And I, I think this is this is the the thing that I'm more concerned about than anything else. Right, the idiots just don't follow them. But then you've got people like yourself, Ian, who I think are doing a really great job 
of having balanced, open, intelligent conversations where you talk about the problems and you've got, you know, what I call the fan police who are coming out and completely gone mental at that. And then they're deciding what constitutes a fan. Yeah. So if you're not born within like five miles of St. James's Park, you're not a fan. If you haven't got a season ticket, you're not a fan. If you, you know, say something negative about anybody, yeah. you're not a fan. So yeah. how did you get to decide what? <laughs> so I think it's you kind of, yeah, I think everybody just needs to focus on enjoying the ride. Just right? enjoy and it. Like, yeah. yeah. God, it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And I, th I think the other thing about the, 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 after the um, Brighton defeat, the, the media started to, to get um, into this as well because they were putting headlines out, is Eddie Howe under pressure, is this? And that was just stalking and nonsense. And, and it, why does everything have to be played out in this way all the time? And they do with the other managers of other clubs. It's not, yeah. it's not just unique to us. Um, a manager loses a couple of games and, whoa, that manager's under pressure. And, you know, and it's just... Just yeah, it just does your head in, um, and and I just think we just need to be um, more balanced. I, and I, I, thankfully, I think a lot of us are balanced. And yeah. I think you yeah. know, yeah. it's the mine, the minority, and the the the, the the ones who make the most noise about you know things. But if you, you can't have an argument with someone, and that's why I don't bother. I, I just yeah. think well, you've said what you've said. But I'm not arguing. Well, you. well, you wouldn't be saying it in the pub, would you, for having the uh, no. well? No. I was going to say. I think I think the lesson here is probably we should all shut our Twitter accounts down yeah. <laughs> just move yeah. away. I quite like conversing with people who are, who, you know, you can have a conversation with, you know, like I had Dexter out there in Australia and about other people around yeah. the country, isn't it? Um, uh, I just, and I'll tell you one thing that really knocks me, no, it's not about Newcastle in particular, but what constitutes a big club and the number of arguments you see, well, we're bigger than you, we're all, right. and it's, I've got a, I've got a, uh, you know, I think I've got a, a solution to that, right? So I live in Newcastle, New South Wales. So you would expect that you would see a lot of Newcastle shirts, right? Because there's a lot of, you know, mm. there's an affinity with the region. Probably see mine. My son's got one. Most of what you see are Arsenal, Man, uh, Man United, Liverpool, um, Barcelona, Juventus, right? Yeah. So if we want to be a big club, you've got to have people around the world, I think, wearing your shirt, right? And it's like, it's, I think that, you know, this thing around, you know, whether we're big or not, like, who cares? Really, who cares? I don't like, care. Outside of Newcastle, right? Like, nobody thinks you're a big club. So, like, it's just a really... I don't get on with it, yeah. I just know what that ground when it's full. And I know that we will have more in the ground when they, when they extend it and all the rest. Yeah. I know what we are like as a fan base. I've yeah. been a part of it for 50-odd years. So, the, you know, I, I don't care that I'm not thought of as a big club because Man United have, you know, won X number of titles and Liverpool are, and Liverpool fans yeah. are some of the worst ones when it comes to this mind, you know, this argument. Um but we're just we're just football fans. We go, we yeah. want to see him win and, it, hey, and enjoy it. On on that point, Gordon, because I've I've noticed just watching on TV and it's always hard to tell, but the crowd does seem quieter and it seems like we've lost that momentum that we had you know, and the, the feel-good factor that we had when, you know, last season and the, the season before, yeah. it seems like, the yeah, it seems a little bit like the fans have got a bit complacent 
in the stadium as well. Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to jump in there because I don't know. Maybe it's a TV thing, Dexter. But one of my nice surprises this season, actually, having been at all the home games in the league this season, I didn't go to the cup game last night. Um, is actually, I think the I think the atmosphere has been better, um, and I think part of that is down to the standing area in the strawberry corner. Now, I don't know if that's just because I'm next to it where I sit in the Gallagher end. I don't know. I don't know how it affects further around the stadium. If it's just this pocket of the, the ground that I'm right next to sounds louder more often, but I think there's definitely been a bit of an, an improvement with the, the safe standing area in the, in the strawberry corner personally. But again, that doesn't always transmit across on TV, which oh. is, is I mean, I watched the last three games of last season, the home games, it's home because I, I had dummy leg. And um, I must admit, the atmosphere doesn't come across particularly well. I mean, the Arsenal game, you heard it at the beginning and then it then it went. Yeah. But there was still a lot of channeling, but it, but it doesn't come across as loud as it actually is when you're in the stadium. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I, I sometimes say you cannot hear the away fans uh, at our end of the ground because they're down the other end. And actually, it, sometimes it's a bit unfair because... The noise we're making so much, but they're actually making a noise as well. But you just kind of it gets drowned mm. amongst the thing. So, did are we quiet at this season? Is that a bit more? No, I, I think I'm a little bit. I don't think there's that much difference. I if mean, I'm honest. the atmosphere, the atmosphere at the Liverpool game was was incredible until yeah. the yeah. last ten minutes, yeah. and then you yeah. can hear a pin drop. Um, yeah. But like, well, that, that, the, did, that did come across the Liverpool game. Yeah, I, fair uh, enough. Torn of nasty surprises. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from that one. Um, I've got a nasty surprise, so let's stick with kind of fans and that sort of thing. I think the, the ticketing issues have been a really nasty surprise this season, and it's not just people moaning about queuing to get in, because I think personally, I think that's partly down to the technology and people just getting used to scanning the phone, and I think that in time that won't be an issue. The problem is the ticketing system, um, the the way that the points thing is working at the moment or not working, like I'm not against reforming that system personally. I don't think that's I think that probably needed to change, but but then you've got this issue at away games where fans are being told to walk to the other end of the ground to have the ticket scanned because the no, yeah. like the ticket doesn't scan when they get. That's totally unacceptable on any level. And I've even seen a case of one fan who went to Man City and literally didn't see the game because there was an error at the Man City end and the Newcastle end and she didn't get in and she and she'd been to she goes to every away game basically and she just she didn't get into the Man City game. And it's because of the ticketing system. And there's just yeah. massive issues with it that need sorting really quickly. It is, Ian, and I have written that as my number one um nasty surprise or nasty I think it's a, something the club have got to get a hold of and it, it's all those things you've talked about but it's also um, affecting like last night I mean I, I had uh, you didn't go Ian did you and I had your ticket to, to pass on and there's a lad who went who hasn't got a supporter number he's not a, he's not a, he was a season ticket all the years ago um, he's not now um, he's not um, he didn't get a membership so he doesn't have a number. So consequently, to do that, you've got to be able to nominate them on the, their website. You've got to be able to pick them off a off a list. But to get them on the list in the first place, they've got to have a number, which is, yeah. I thought it would just be, you just nominate a name, 
put them in, and that, that, that should be enough. Because that's all you did before. If somebody went to the match, you, you went and you handed them your season ticket or your paper ticket and said, there you go, go in, no problem. And they're just making a mountain out of a molehill. And it, it, it cost me a lot of time, one, trying to ring the ticket office, and that is an issue in itself because the, the waiting times are ridiculous and quite often you get cut off. So you waste a lot of time and effort. There's a lot of stress involved as well for people because you're getting told that there'll be inspections at the turnstile with make sure the person named on the ticket is. And, of course, a lot of that's a lot of baloney, really. But People don't want to take the risk. People don't want to take the risk. The punishment Um, is you lose your ticket. So I think that what needs to be done, there's, there's, there's two main things. One, the... Ticket office needs to employ more staff. There needs to be more phone lines, more access. So the club need to get a hold of that. They also need to revamp the website because it is absolutely terrible. Terrible. The system's not up to scratch, and that's part of the problem. And I know, again, it's... We should have done that first before the team does anything. I know that we've gone very quickly into, you know, the situation where demand now far outreaches the supply. But as a as a massive organisation, the need to because it's causing a lot of um, distress not distress that's not the word no but a lot of you know anger um, from people like the ones you've you've talked about Ian about people not getting in games being told I mean being taught told to walk through the the, the home fans to uh, their ticket office. It's just balmy, isn't it? I mean, you know, and I know the yeah. days of the hooliganism and all the rest, it's not like it was in the 70s and 80s, but nonetheless, there's still a bit of a fear factor there. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, right. Have you got another nasty surprise, Dad, before we move on to the um, well, nice ones to finish off with? Um, I think <laughs> the, the list. The the biggest the biggest oh, was the the Liverpool last ten minutes oh, that was a that was a nasty we, nasty surprise. Let's not relive that. So we won't relive that. So I had a nice surprise, which was um, Jim Beglin hadn't commentated on a game down under, <laughs> and then uh, he commentated on the Sheffield United game, which was a nasty surprise. <laughs> I, I just That's... I just hate that. Like, I don't hate people, but for some reason he just. Yeah. I can't well, at least Dexter, at least he saw us hammer someone. He wouldn't have enjoyed mm-hmm. that because he likes. So this, this is how biased he is, right? Remember when we beat Spurs six-one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watch the commentary, right, that first 15, 20 minutes, every goal that we score, terrible defending, terrible defending. <laughs> the next week, Liverpool play Spurs. First fifteen minutes, score three goals. Exquisite, sublime, delicious. You're like, hang on a second. <laughs> oh, my. Our goals were actually better than Liverpool's goals. <laughs> my, 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 um, I, I can't stand them. And, it, and every t- it used to be on Five Live a lot. Um, and I always remember there was a game we played Liverpool. And I think it was on Boxing Day. So it's about 20 years or 20 odd years ago. And we lost, I think, 4 2. Yeah. We were winning 2 1. And when Liverpool turned it round, which they inevitably did, oh man, it was just all over them. And how wonderful! And I, yeah. I thought you're supposed to be the in, you know, the unbiased pundit sitting yeah. next to the commentator, and yet you're just you're just a Liverpool fan. You might as well take me at the cop and sit there next to the, 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 the commentator. 
Yeah, well, it was true for. Isn't that true for a lot of the media though? I mean, we're oh. infiltrated with ex Liverpool and Man United players, and it's biased. Yeah. They can't yeah. hold it back. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it was like, um, what, what was it, Gary? I don't know. Was it Beglin that was commentating on Sun Sunderland? Because when when Andy uh, when Gordon went got kicked, and he said, "Oh, it's not uh, no penalty there," you know, I didn't. There wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it he was him. Yeah. Penalty. He got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a clear penalty, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Right, let's finish with a, a quick round of, um, of na- nice surprises just to finish off. Uh, Mark in the comments has got a good... Steve Bruce crawling out from under his rock a lot recently <laughs> is a nasty surprise. <laughs> that is true. There, there, was, there was a classic Bruce line in that, though. I think he was... Um, Simon Jordan said, oh, yeah, he'd been accused of being a dinosaur. He says, yeah, well, dinosaurs ruled the earth for 300,000 years, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit longer than that, yeah, Brucey. <laughs> a few years longer than that. Um, yeah, my last quick nice surprise is um, one that I was only able to re- really write this week is the fact that the defence is solid again. So that's a really nice surprise because it was we were getting to the point where it was becoming a bit of an issue that we couldn't keep a clean sheet, and then all of a sudden, bang, we've got four clean mm-hmm. sheets in a row, and what a mm-hmm. way to turn it round. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got that one as well. Yeah, I think that has been a, a really pleasant thing to see, and uh, the fact that we're now back to a situation where you know we're we're not conceding uh, one goal a game as a minimum. Um, I mean, it'll, obviously, it'll fluctuate as the season goes, but it, it's reassuring again that you know we we can defend, and that we. I think what was really really great to see from my perspective was the last 10 minutes against Sheffield United when you could see the work rate going in to protect the goal they didn't want to concede a goal even though we were winning 8-0 they would just want to ensure that that was protect that goal and I think that spoke volumes to me to to the way the club are yeah Dexter um, word from you. We got any more? Yeah, so the the set pieces that we scored, but also prior to that, the Brentford game was just us getting crosses into the box, and you know we almost got a penalty from it. It just creates a lot of danger, and I think it adds another dimension to our game. And I'm I'm not going to have a dig at Miggy here, but it does make a difference when you've got players who can get down to the byline and get crosses in, rather than us kind of. Yeah, putting these diagonal balls into the yeah. box. It's just a lot harder for defenders mm-hmm. to defend when they're facing their own goal. So I think yeah. that's been a really nice surprise in the last few games. I think it's kind of added another dimension to, to how we play. Definitely, yeah. Good Absolutely. one, nice one. Um, let's just uh, wrap up. Obviously, we play, we've got two big games coming up, obviously. First of all, Burnley uh, at home, and then... Uh, return of Champions League football at St James's Park as well to Paris Saint-Germain next week. How are we feeling, firstly, about the Burnley game? Are you confident we're going to come away with three points? Uh, I'll go, I'll go first. Um, looking at the way that Burnley play, they like to play out from the back. And they're, look, they're, they're quite quite pretty when they do it, but they seem to lose ideas when they get into the final third. Yeah. If we play our high-press game, like we did against Man City in the second half, we kind of get back to that. I think we could 
definitely win the game and win it quite comfortably. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that um, analysis. I think um, judging the way Burnley do set up, I think it'll be a more open game than maybe, maybe people might have expected. As you say, <laughs> the Sean Dyche days are long, long since gone. Um, it might seem it's going to be quite a good game. The only, the only downside that I mean, I've seen the weather forecast for Saturday, and it's it's. I think it'll be played in a lot with a lot of rain, um, which will which will sort of make it an interesting uh, spectacle. Um, but I think we, I think I would hope we would win. I think we've got enough. I think Eddie Howe's got a few decisions on on who to play on Saturday. I think that'll be interesting to see who we who we put in. Interesting. It's going to be a mix, uh, I suspect, of you know the, the Sheffield United and last night. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It'll be, I think, there'll be a, a, maybe one or two surprises on Saturday. Yeah, and then looking ahead, just because it's such a big game, Paris Saint Germain at St James's um, will be there, Dad. Yeah, very very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dex, I assume you'll be up and watching that. Oh one. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was pretty emotional the Milan game where the team lineup came on and the Champions League music was playing. I yeah. think that was the highlight of the game for me. I think Wednesday night the, the place will be absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And I, and I think uh, War Flags are doing a big um, load of new flags and things for Wednesday night. I think it'll be interesting to see what they are. But yeah, yeah, yeah we talked about atmospheres earlier, but I think Wednesday night will, will be... I've, I've just got like hairs on the back of my neck standing yeah. up just talking about it. I think it's just going to be a historic moment for the club, right? That seeing yeah. that and the war flags and Champions League music playing and players coming out onto the pitch. It's going to be, I think, there'll be quite a few tears in St. James's Park. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it'll be special. It'll be a special night. It's going to be Whatever the results, I think it'll yeah. be a, a yeah. huge match. I, I do think we can get a result as well. Um, when it comes to it, I think we can. I think I think a draw to Paris Saint Germain would would not be a bad result. Um, but let's see what we can do with the Saint James's behind us. Let's mm-hmm. hope we can just give them a good game, really, and maybe maybe impose ourselves a little bit more than we did against Milan, and yeah. um, and just kind of yeah. take it to them and see what as, happens. As you said earlier, Gordon, as well, you know, Eddie Howe, big psychological boost in beating Man City, and I think I kind of had that as one of my nasty surprises actually up until that game was. Don't think kind of Howe's really kind of shown his best up against the elite managers he's been up yeah. against yeah. so far this season, and but hopefully that kind of gives him the confidence to. Look, it's, it's understandable, right? I think this is the challenge for Howe. Is it's a I think a breakout season mm-hmm. for him as well, right? He's kind yeah. of got yeah, a lot is. of people questioning him and. Yeah, I, I was watching when I was in Milan when we were in uh, we were staying in Garda there last week, and uh, we had the, um, the the sky the how down the, in the hotel, so they had Italian obviously commentators and things. And one thing they did they did a preview of the um, all the Champions League clubs, so they went through every club in the competition. And when you looked at the players who are in this competition, you just think, wow, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a level above. Even the Premier League. I mean, it was just it uh, yeah. so. For so Eddie, did you do a big feature on Longstaff. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't think of that yet. By the end of the season, I will be though, Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just thought Eddie Howe's got this. He's never managed, and he, he said something in his 
comedy said, I just take it as another game. And, it, and I'm thinking... It yeah, it doesn't. It, it's and I think that's the thing. It'd be, be nice if he just said, you know what? Yeah, I've dreamt of this moment. Yeah. Like my whole yeah. career, right? Because yeah. I think you, you, you should acknowledge that. And I, I know, like, the way that he operates, you know that he's been, like, visualising this mm. moment you'd be lying in bed visualizing that moment yeah yeah, yeah. can't wait can't wait yeah right thanks guys um really good Thank show you. enjoyed it a lot uh yeah, thanks good. for listening and watching all the people who are watching live on youtube thanks for listening uh please remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts uh, and share it with other newcastle fans as well please so we can grow the show and uh, we'll be back next week with another show and hopefully fingers crossed two more Newcastle clean sheets and victories. Let's, hey, let's Ian, go. can I just say before we wrap up, just yeah. what an amazing job that you're doing. The podcast, I'm absolutely loving it. It's great Thank you. driving to work um, on travel trips. And I just think it's great the way that you're providing a platform for sensible, friendly, you know, uh, interesting conversation about Newcastle. Mm. Well done, thanks, mate. Thanks, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And that's what I aim to do, really, is just kind of, yeah, just enjoy talking about Newcastle in a in a in a level headed way, really, and trying not to be too high and low, even when things are, are really yeah. really good or really really bad. So, I uh, really really appreciate that, and thanks for joining us. Honestly, it's a pleasure yeah. to have you on, and um, yeah, have a good week, and um, we'll see you see you next week. Bye.